Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to The Stable, a Stampede Blue production with your host, Joe Simeone. Ballard starts off slow again, but he always picks up speed like a runaway train. The Colts are making moves, and I got you covered. Special guest Zach Kiefer joins the show today to talk a little bit about free agency and a little bit about the upcoming draft. Catch all the latest and greatest right here on The Stable every Friday afternoon on Stampede Blue. All right, the trend is starting to emerge. Colts fans have kind of figured out Ballard's strategy, we'll call it, for building through the draft and waiting for the right pieces to fall to us in free agency. Yet, we all kind of get excited and anxious when free agency comes around, and we panic as we watch all the other teams snatch up the latest and greatest free agents. Meanwhile, Ballard just kind of sits back in his chair, laughing maniacally, as his plans continue to fall his way once again. Now, this week is a little bit special because the Colts actually made some moves in free agency. The moves come in the form of 30-year-old Justin Houston from the Kansas City Chiefs, who signed for two years and $24 million, which by all means is a great contract. He got out of, I think he was due to be paid $16 million by the Chiefs, which is why he got cut. It wasn't really because he couldn't play in a 4-3, but we'll talk about that you know, in a second. Ballard, once again, though, I think just showed kind of why he was executive of the year and why people should not really be going out and questioning him. He said it and said it before that, listen, I'm not going to go after the big name, the the Landon Collins. I know I harped on this last week, but the Landon Collins, who's, you know, getting paid $14 million a year as a safety. No, instead, Ballard waits for the Justin Houston, who still got a lot left in the tank and becomes our best pure pass rusher just like that for $12 million in two years. I mean, come on, $12 million a year for two years? There's no, there's no longevity there that could hurt us if he doesn't end up being the player that Ballard thinks that he is, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, but, you know, that's the the great thing about Ballard's move so far. Devin Funches, one-year prove-it deal. Gathers, one-year prove-it deal. We don't have the financial side on that yet, but those type of deals are great for the Colts because they kind of just... They don't, they don't hurt us in the long term. If these guys don't work out, then all right, so be it. And I think that we're going to see, especially next year, where we have a lot of guys that we're going to need to actually re-sign of our own, like Ryan Kelly, we're going to see you know, where Ballard's approach goes. Does, does he shell out the money? Does he go aggressive when it's a really good player on our own team? 
I, I would hope that he does. Um, but that is going to be really, really interesting to see where he goes with that. Let's jump right back to the Justin Houston thing because this is a big signing. Big move for the Indianapolis Colts. I think a lot of us are really, really happy about this move. Uh, so he was a little bit undersized for a 4-3. Uh, you know, he's a 3-4 linebacker is what a lot of people are really saying. But I think that he's going to excel with his hand in the dirt, man. This is He's a, a straight-up pass rusher. So in our 4-3 defensive end system, with his hand in the dirt, he is just going to get after the quarterback. And that's what he loves to do. And on top of that, you know, he's 30 years old, which, yeah, I get it. It's a, it's a little bit on the older side, but at the same time, you pair him with Robert Mathis to teach Tyquan Lewis and Kamoko Ture. I just, I don't see really a downside to signing somebody like Justin Houston. On top of that, uh, Zach Hicks wrote a phenomenal article on Stampede Blue. You should definitely go check it out. Kind of doing a breakdown of Justin Houston's game. And I would highly recommend going to check it out because, you know, when you some of these people that are saying he won't fit in the 4-3. No, he'll fit, man. He can play with his hand down. He has maybe lost a step or two off of his burst. Sure, but you got to see this, this breakdown, man. He's got the strength to get after it. He is still a great run defender. And on top of that, like, you know, you talk about the run defending. I don't think that's going to be a huge requirement for him. I think that we're going to see... Um, I think we're going to see a lot of him being used in rotational because he is a little bit older. I think that they're going to want to get him on one-on-one matchups. They want teams to have to game plan around Justin Houston to open up things for the rest of the defensive line, like Danico Autry and Jabal Sheard and, you know, Tyquan Lewis. So, Marcus Hunt. I just, I don't see a, a downside to this signing right now. I think this was phenomenal. This is exactly what Colts fans we're hoping for this was the type of guy that we wanted on a great deal just it's a very it's it's a ballard signing that's what it is you know you can call it a ballard signing um i think that what he's done is great you know clayton gathers comes back which i think is important to talk about too because i think a lot of the media a lot of mock drafts now have the colts taking a safety high as clayton was kind of taking his time to test his market and then allow Chris Ballard to match his price. We don't know what that price is yet. Uh, the finances have not been released, but I would imagine it's not anything ridiculous. It's Clayton Gathers here we're talking about. Listen, something that's really important to remember is that he compliments Malik Hooker really well. The secondary was extremely excited to get him back. He's a locker room guy. I'm I'm very excited about this signing. See, I was I was team Landon Collins for a little bit. But then, you know, I kind of fell off the Landon Collins as soon as he got signed because I saw that contract. And once I did, I was fully back on board with Clayton Gathers. Like this was the guy I wanted the Colts to bring back in because I think he just fits the locker room. He fits the mold. He's a leader. The secondary loves him. He compliments Hooker really well. And that's not to say that we won't go out and draft somebody. I still think that we might. But I don't think it's going to be as high as maybe some of the the media and some of the Colts fans were, you know, originally thinking. Uh, I I I find it interesting too that people have kind of forgotten about my boy Matthias Farley. I think that that's a very underrated guy that we're bringing back. Farley, there was a legitimate conversation in the beginning of last year on who was going to be the starter at the safety position. 
was it going to be Matthias Farley or was it going to be Clayton Gathers? I think Gathers came out and proved that he was still the better safety of the two, but with his health concerns, Farley was going to get some playing time. Unfortunately, Farley went down with his own injury, but I don't want people to sleep on Matthias Farley. Like we have a very good safety, strong safety duo. If they can stay on the field, which is a big if, the Colts are looking really strong at that position. Don't get me wrong, there are some really great safeties out there. Imani Hooker, you know, Jonathan Abram is somebody that I absolutely love. Um, people like Taylor Rapp, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. There, there's a lot of guys out there that I think can fill a role for the Colts, and I think that we might end up seeing maybe a late second round, early third round safety pick, but I don't think we're going to see one in the first or with that second round pick that's, you know, essentially a late round first. I think that bringing back Clayton Gathers, signing Justin Houston were great moves, and we're going to see a lot more coming up because we did see J.J. came in for a visit. Aaron Lynch also visited the Colts. Both of them walked out of here without a deal, but that's not to say that they can't come back. Like, a lot of teams sign players. That's not really the Colts' MO. Like, they don't want to have ink down before you leave. Um, and J.J., you know, coming off of that, that ACL and – I just think that he provides such a good compliment to Marlon Mack. I'm not saying that I would love to have him. I, I still think I'm on the team. You know, we have a great backfield. We don't really need J.J., but he would be a nice compliment. And it's very interesting to see, you know, Ballard's approach to bringing these type of guys in, just kind of having them in for a visit and then saying, all right, go go test your market and, you know, I'll match whatever they give you. You know, I'll, I'll give you some sort of deal in the same ballpark. Another guy that we're talking to to bring back is uh, Dontrell Inman. There are rumors floating around. Uh, George Bremer put out the rumors basically that Dontrell Inman may be coming back. And I would love that. Inman was probably one of the best signings that we made during the season last year. Mike Mitchell was another great one. But Dontrell Inman helped the wide receivers so much. Helped Andrew Luck so much. It was a reliable target. Sure hands. And that man can run some routes. Like I've put up a couple breakdowns on my Twitter before of Dontrell Inman just absolutely breaking ankles, especially against the Texans, which I think is just a theme for um, Colts wide receivers is just destroy the Texans. But Dontrell Inman, man, I, I really, I really like him. I would be ecstatic to have him back in the building. And, you know, when you look at that wide receiver group, then you have T.Y. Hilton, Deion Kane, uh, Devin Funchess, and Dontrell Inman. Chester Rogers doing your pump returns and kick returns. You're looking at a really solid squad right there. I still think we would end up picking somebody up in the draft, but you're looking at a very, very good, uh, you know, starting squad to get Andrew Luck going in the regular season. On top of that, we still, we have Jack Doyle coming back from injury. We have Eric Ebron, like our, our offense is much more loaded than I think we kind of realized. And, when you look at the draft at some of these wide receivers that might fall into the second round, like AJ Brown or Debo Samuel or somebody like that, the Colts can really, really take that next step into elite offense and give Andrew Luck all the targets he needs. I'm very excited to see what Andrew Luck's going to be able to do with all this, but let's talk a little bit about this draft. Cause you know, we have signed a lot of free agency free agents at, needs um you know we thought that wide receiver was a big need we went out and signed Devin Funchess we thought that defensive end was a big need we went out and signed Justin Houston safety became a big need we brought back Farley we brought back Gathers 
Defensive tackle is still a question mark. Um, and cornerback, of course, we brought back Desir. We still have Kenny Moore, Quincy Wilson, who I'm not sleeping on Quincy Wilson. He's still very young, can definitely improve. I like what I've seen out of him. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what the Colts do in the draft because I think they are going to be strictly best player available, which is what Ballard loves. I don't think that there is a position right now on the Colts that really jumps out to me as like this is the number one need besides maybe defensive tackle. And that one's really interesting because there are a lot of guys in this draft that are very good at that position, including some guys that I think some people are sleeping on right now, like Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey Simmons could fall to us in the second round due to his injury and due to his, you know, prior uh, prior convictions, whatever you want to call it, prob- problems. I think that he could fall to us in the second, and Jeffrey Simmons would be the absolute steal of the draft for the Colts. You mark my words, that man is going to be a disruptive player. And if we can add him to this defense, teams better watch out. Uh, defensive end, uh, another one. I still don't think that we shot, like, if there's a really good defensive end in this draft, like a Montez Sweat or something somehow falls to number 26 or a Brian Burns, don't be, don't be shocked to see the Colts go after him. Even though we just signed Justin Houston, we have Jabal Sheard, we have Tyquan Lewis, we have Kamoko Ture. I would not be shocked. It wouldn't shock me at all if they go after somebody like that. Same thing at the wide receiver position. I still think that we need help here. Um, a lot of us who watched Deion Kane last year, who were at uh, training camp, we know that this kid had, you know, the it factor. He had that that ability to go out and make just unbelievable plays. Uh, he had the ability to burn some cornerbacks, and Luck liked him. Luck threw a couple deep balls to him. This is a kid that I expect to actually have an impact out on the field, but you can't really rely on that. Uh, I talk with... Zach Kiefer a little bit later in the hour and we talk a little bit about the wide receiver position and Deion Kane and he kind of you know shared that same sentiment that you can't really put too high expectations on him yes he looked great in preseason and in training camp uh, but he only played one preseason game and you know he was a sixth round draft pick you know and people fall to the sixth round for a reason yeah there are your Antonio Browns of the world and your Tom Brady's of the world but there generally is a reason why people fall that late. So I'm not going to say that he's going to be the saving grace at wide receiver position. Instead, I'd like to see the Colts kind of go out and pick up somebody else who could be that guy, like an A.J. Brown. He's somebody that I, I've absolutely fallen in love with. If he can fall to our, I'm calling it the late first round pick, which is really our second round pick. Uh, if he can fall to that, I think it's 34. If he falls to that spot, I that's a no-brainer for me. For me, he's the best player on the board right there. I think he's a first-round talent. I think he's going to be an absolute star in the league. And if he falls to number 34, I would be actually kind of mad if we did not take A.J. Brown there. Uh, but that that is something that's going to be interesting to look forward to. Again, the safety position as well is something very interesting because, like I said, we have Clayton Gathers back. We have Matthias Farley on the team. And it kind of brings up a legit conversation on do we need another safety? Gathers only on a one year though, so I I would say yes. I would say I wouldn't be shocked, but again, I don't think that we need to spend a first round on somebody like Jonathan Abrams. Yeah, he might be the best player on the board, but is he the best player for us? I don't know. Cornerback is still a big big position in need for me. I I like Pierre Desir, but he's getting up there in age. 
Uh, I hope that Quincy Wilson can take the next step, but I'm not holding my breath on that. And Kenny Moore is a fantastic player, but, you know, you still need somebody to cover the bigger wide receivers. So I wouldn't be shocked to see cornerback come off the board. Right now, for me, I think it's defensive tackle is the biggest need for this team. When you talk through it like that, when you see what we've signed, uh, the only position that really is glaring that's like, hey, you don't really have a bona fide starter here is defensive tackle. I know Danico Autry kind of plays that position, um, kind of rotates in there. I, I I still, I would love to see us pick up a Tillery, a Christian Wilkins, a, a Jeffrey Simmons, like somebody that's just absolutely game-changing at that position to add in with Justin Houston on one end and Jabal Sheard on the other end and Marcus Hunt in there and Danico Autry. Like our defensive line could be scary if we pick up somebody like that. We brought back Glowinski. Uh, offensive line for me is not an issue. Not an issue at all, actually. I, I really like what we have at the offensive line. People are talking about taking a tackle. I don't see why. Braden Smith is fantastic at the tackle position. There's no reason to move him back to guard. Let him learn the tackle position, stay at tackle, and we look to the future of Costanzo. That's our next immediate need is replacing Costanzo and making sure that we re-sign Ryan Kelly. Uh, both of those moves, I think, are extremely important, but nothing pressing in this year's draft. And I, I'm just getting excited for this draft. I know I'm talking a lot about the draft uh, this week, and that's mostly because, you know, free agency now that a lot of the big players are gone is kind of slowing down. It's kind of fading out of, you know, importance to me. Uh, I think that we're going to see some moves from Chris Ballard to complement the team. That's what he likes to do. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to fill like he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to create the team based off of free agency. Instead, he just wants to kind of fill holes. He wants to complete the team, complement each other, pick up uh, rotational guys. Uh, actually, I think that Justin Houston, by the way, is going to play a lot of rotation. I think that he's going to be a big rotational player for us. I think I'm expecting Komoko Ture and Taekwondo Lewis to have a bigger role than people really think that they will. I think that those two are going to take the next step. I saw flashes from both of them last year, and if they can take the next step, those those guys can be bona fide starters in this league. They could even make the jump to stardom in a couple of years, I think in three years. So we'll, we'll see how this whole free agency kind of wraps up. I want to jump into my interview now. I talk with Zach Kiefer kind of about free agency, uh, a little bit about the draft and where he expects and how he thinks that Ballard kind of goes over things. So I'm going to take a short break here really quick, and then we'll jump right into the Zach Kiefer in interview on the other side of the break. I'll see you guys then. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. Hello. 
Hello, I'm Neil Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Stable, a Stampede Blue production. All right, I'm here with Zach Kiefer, Colts Insider with Indie Star. Listen, there's been a lot of big news recently, which I'm sure you're happy about. People kind of trying to lay off of Twitter, I guess, a little bit now that the uh, the Colts have made some signings. So let's get right into it with uh, the big news, which is Justin Houston, 30-year-old defensive end from the Chiefs, who posted 22 sacks in 2013, is signing with the Indianapolis Colts. What is the uh, impact that he's going to bring to this defense? Yeah, he has signed with the Indianapolis Colts. Um, and I can tell you the Colts like their value in the deal. Um, this is what they needed. They needed it for a long time. You know, not since Robert Mathis in 2013 have they had really an alpha dog pass rusher. They were able to get away with a lot last year. And that's a credit to Matt Eberflus because you know in this league that you cannot win consistently unless you get to the quarterback. And they did a pretty good job of that last year without really any stud pass rusher. Jabal Sheard had a good year um, in the left defensive end spot and really does a lot of stuff. It probably goes unnoticed. Um, and they, they, they had some blitzes they would run late, especially with Kenny Moore, the cornerback. They would bring him up. Sure. And Darius Leonard would get to the quarterback just because he's such a freak athletically. He was just a great <laughs> football player no matter what position he's at. But there wasn't any guy that could just consistently win on the edge in one-on-one situations. And you need that. And those guys are hard to find, and they're very, very costly. And they don't hit the market very often. But in Justin Houston, they did. Chris Ballard has a relationship with him from their Kansas City days. Sure. And it's going to be very simple. It's going to be he's the right defensive end. He's going to be in one-on-one situations a lot. And they're going to need him to get pressure and get hits and get sacks on the quarterback because for this team to take the next step, and I think the next step entails – competing with Kansas City and competing with New England and the AFC, they needed a pass rusher. So they went out and made a big move yesterday. And a lot of people are a little bit concerned about him because they say he's a little undersized, you know, coming from the 3-4, that he won't really fit as a 4-3. I, I think that's baloney. I think that, you know, uh, for somebody who's a pure pass rusher like he is, I think he was kind of wasted in pass coverage. Do you think he'll be fine moving over to the 4-3? Yeah, I played a lot of pass coverage, and, and I think he's better in the in, with his hand in the dirt and just going to get the quarterback. The one thing a lot of these Colts defenders told me over and over and over in 2018 that was different than the year before when they were playing the four, the 3-4 under mm-hmm. Chuck Pagano was this is just so much simpler. It's just faster. You just get up and you go get the quarterback. And <laughs> that's what he's going to do here. You, you just line up and you, you go straight to the quarterback. It's three seconds. Um I don't have any worry about that. The Colts would not have made the mood if, if they had any worry about that. I can tell you that. 
Justin Houston is not coming to Indianapolis to drop into coverage. He's coming here <laughs> to go get the quarterback. Absolutely. All right. So the Colts also brought back Clayton Gathers recently. Uh, and I, I don't think we have the financial side of that deal, but it sounds like it's basically a prove it deal and to see if he can stay healthy. Do you like bringing him back? I like it a lot more than I think a lot of people do. Um, you know, when he's healthy, he's a really good starter in this league. And if you would have told me he would only get a one-year deal uh, two or three years ago, I would have been stunned. I thought this was a guy you lock up for a little while. I think he's that good of a player when he's healthy. And he fought yeah. through a number of things last year that a lot of people didn't see. I mean, this was a guy that was fighting through a neck injury a while ago, an arm injury, leg injuries. I mean, he fought through everything to get on the field. I think he played 12 games, and it's pretty miraculous that he did. Um, but he's a guy they love putting everywhere on the defense. They would move him up in the box, and he would get in the backfield, uh, one of their hardest hitters. And he's, you know, this is something they talk about a lot, but I saw firsthand. He's a locker room guy you want to have on the team, period. He's just a really good guy. The teammates respect him. The coaches respect him. The GM loves him. That matters. You want Clayton Gathers on your team. Um, and now he's got to be healthy and he's got to prove that he can stay healthy over a season. Um, but if he can, I think there's a chance he could stay in Indianapolis long term. But um, I love the move to bring him back. It's a no-brainer. Your team is better when he's on the on the roster. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I was really, really excited. I, I was one of those, you know, really wanted Landon Collins, wasn't really sure if we were going to bring back Clayton Gathers. As soon as Collins got snatched up, I was fully back onto uh, the Gathers train. And I'm just like you. I didn't really expect him to get that one-year deal. He was somebody who I thought was going to be, you know, a long-term guy. Uh, but I I'm thrilled to have him back. Now, there are some rumors uh, floating around that the Colts are looking to bring back Dontrell Inman. And on top of that, we've had Jay Ajayi come in to – a visit and Aaron Lynch as well. Uh, do you think that the Colts are, we're going to hear some more news in the next upcoming week or two? Yeah, you definitely will. Um, I don't know what will happen with Don Trillman. I know they're still chatting with him. Um, like, like I've been saying, and like we've all been writing, really, they're t- the, the Colts are playing the long game. Right. So they're not going to, they're not going to jump into anything. You know, with a lot of teams, when a, when a free agent comes in and works out, you know, the guy doesn't leave the building until he signs. And the Colts just don't operate like that. They just get their info, they talk to him, they show him what they can offer, um, and then they wait patiently for a resolution. And whether that's the player deciding he wants to come to India or the Colts deciding they want to make him an offer, that plays out over a couple of days. But they're confident in what they have. They've got 21 starters back. They added a wide receiver, which they needed to do. They added a pass rusher, which they needed to do. Um, and in a lot of ways, they're really happy with the construction of their roster. They've got a lot of young guys coming back. So they can dabble a little bit, and they're going to continue to add. And it's not just free agency in March. It's going to be you're going to add draft picks in April, and you're going to add more signings in May and June and July and August and September. And this roster won't be complete really until the end of October. You know, remember last year they signed, um, you know, Mike Mitchell came in with AFC defense players week later and he had a huge impact in the locker room as well so there's guys like Don Elliman was signed off the street in, in October and came in and had a huge impact I mean a great great pickup mid-season so the roster building will never end um, the bigger names are going to be floated around right now in free agency um, but they'll have a lot more guys come in the next couple of weeks for sure 
And that kind of brings me into my next point. You're talking about all these guys that we bring in and at different positions and stuff. So we bring in a defensive end, which a lot of people thought was one of our biggest needs. We bring in a wide receiver in Devin Funchess, who, again, another huge need for this team. Glowinski's back. Farley's back. Gathers is back. Where do you see, if somebody put a gun to your head right now, where, what would you say is our biggest need going into the NFL draft? Good question. I think let's pretend I'm Chris Ballard right now. I mean, the guy lives for the offensive and defensive lines. That's just what it's going to be for him. Sure. He, he's never going to have enough talent, enough depth there. So that would never surprise me if he went there. I think they need more help with safety because um, the safety is very important in this scheme. And I think, you know, I love Farley. I love when Farley's your third safety because I mean, he's a good player. He's a starter quality player. Um, and if he's your third guy, that means your first two guys are really good. Um, and I still think receiver is something you got to hit. I think Devin Funches is a great signing, and it's a one-year deal, and you see what happens. Um, you've got Deion Kane coming back. I'm not sure what to make of Deion Kane in 2019. I don't want to just throw all these expectations on him because he, he was terrific in training camp. We saw it every day for a week. I mean, he's sure. just ridiculous catches every single day. But the guy's played one preseason game and hasn't played a real game, and He's coming off a really serious injury, and usually that takes some time. Usually they're not themselves again for a while. Ask Malik Cooker. He'll tell you. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, beyond T.Y. and beyond Devin Funches, and you've got Chester Rogers, and you maybe have Dontrell Lemon coming back, maybe not. Um, I just think you need more depth at the receiver position. Yeah, I'm with you there. I actually, I think that safety, you know, a lot of people in the media and a lot of, uh, you know, mock drafts and stuff like that have us taking a safety high and bringing back Gathers and Farley from me. I, I'm not sure if that's going to be one of those, you know, we have three picks in the top 50. I'm not sure if that'll even be one of those top three picks. What are your feelings on that? I know you're saying that safety is important to you. Well, I ha I'm hesitant to label like a position for that pick. Sure. Um, 26 overall, like, like, they don't know who it's going to be right now. The Colts don't know who it's going to be. And I really think, you know, besides, like, a couple positions, they're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round. But, like, they're pretty open to just about any spot. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a lineman on either side of the ball. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a linebacker. It wouldn't surprise me if it was a corner or a safety, although I would lean safety. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a receiver. Maybe a little bit if it was a running back or tight end. But at this point um, – there's no glaring holes. There's no, there's no needs that just jump off the page at me. You know, I could take just about any position and I could see them go in that direction in the first round. But then again, like you mentioned, they've got two second round picks. You saw what they did with the second round picks last year. Um, those are almost just as important. I mean, really, I mean, look at what they did with, with Darius Leonard and you find your right tackle, the future in Braden Smith. And don't forget about Tyquan Lewis, who was really good late in the season as well. Now, talking about our draft picks, too, uh, you know, last year we saw us move back uh, in the first round with the Jets pick, with the Jets, um, and then we actually moved back again in the second. Do you hear anything, or do you think that there's a good chance that we're going to see some big draft day moves from Ballard, whether it's moving up or back? It's possible. He'll take the calls. I know that for sure. Um, it's hard to say at this point. 26, right. you're kind of in no man's land, right? Like, it was so different last year at the combine. They had the three picks. So we're talking to Saquon Barkley and we're talking to Quentin Nelson. And we're talking to, I mean, Bradley Chubb was a huge guy on the radar as well because of the need of pass rush. And then they moved back to six and that thins out a little bit, but at 26, you just cast such a wide net. We'll see. Yep. Um, 
but I know Chris Ballard loves his draft picks. So if there's an opportunity to get more draft picks, I know he's going to listen. Yeah, and that's part of the thing I think people forget too when we're talking about highest position of need and that type of stuff is that Ballard is a best player available guy. So it's hard to kind of pin down exactly where he's going to go or what direction the Colts could use because when it comes to the actual pick, it's going to be the best guy that's left on the board for Ballard. And I think that that is important to kind of remember. Yeah, I mean, you go back to Malik Hooker. He was not like nobody had the Colts taking him in 2017. The Colts didn't even think he'd be on the board. They didn't expect that right. to be a possibility. They weren't necessarily thinking safety. You remember that team had tons of needs, and they were thinking a bunch of different positions. And then he falls, and they don't even think about it because he's that. You know, he on their board, he's he's the top ranked guy, and they really wanted him, and they went and grabbed him. So I wouldn't overreact to mock drafts because the Colts draft room is going to be a little bit different. Do you have anybody that's going into this draft right now that is like your draft crush, somebody that you would love to see with the Indianapolis Colts? You know, there was a couple guys at the combine that would just say some things that just made maybe like made a bell go off in my head that said, oh, he sounds like a Colt. You know what I mean? I remember talking to Ryan Kelly years ago at the NFL combine, and I was like, they're going to draft him. I can just tell you right now. Um I don't know this draft class nearly as well as I did the previous class. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see because I think you get a good peek into these guys' psyche the minute after they're picked. And we talked to him on a conference call, and there's everyone screaming behind him. And I remember Ryan Kelly being like, everyone shut up. I need to talk to the media. I think Quentin Nelson did something similar. And you got a vibe right away. So um, at this point, no, I'm hesitant to say that. But I think we get a good vibe from these guys really early on in their careers about what they're going to be about when they get to town. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I appreciate you joining me, Zach. That's all I got for you today. Uh, like we said, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit slow, you know, towards the end here as free agency kind of fades out and draft type starts to pick back up, but uh, I appreciate you joining us. No, happy to help and uh, enjoy the rest of the off season. That was Zach Kiefer of Indie Star. I hope you guys enjoyed the interview. It's always great to have a guest on. Uh, NFL free agency is kind of slowing down. Culture's still making some moves, and I expect some more the next coming weeks. Uh, the NFL draft is starting to pick back up. That's right. I'm getting excited. So next couple weeks, I think I'm going to start breaking down, picking some players to kind of talk to you guys about who I got my eye on for the draft for the Colts. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And remember, you can catch a new episode every single Friday afternoon on Stampede Blue. I'll see you guys next time.